Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. He's an old hippie and he don't know what to do. Should he hang on to the old? Should he grab on to the new? He's an old hippie. Welcome back. Time for our ESPN Roundtable. It is Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Across the great state, outstanding to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. If you missed anything in hour number one, listen on the podcast. The Tutel Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, listen on your time on your favorite podcasting platform. It is available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you would uh, like to listen live, you can do that on the stream. Go to the World Wide Web. Perhaps you've heard of it, 1029ESPN.com. You get on the Listen Live tab, you jump in the stream. It's available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. We go now to the Race Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in our guest for this week's roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls, Jordan Sullivan, an assistant coach for the Montana Lady Grizz, obviously a former player for the Lady Grizz, played professionally overseas, now in her fourth year as an assistant for the Lady Grizz basketball team. Jordan, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. Well, we're happy. We're doing great. Thanks for asking. God bless you. That's very kind. Uh, We are (laughs) doing great, and we're happy to have you here. And uh, I'm so interested in this right now because, you know, you come back after having played overseas in Denmark and Luxembourg, and we'll get to that 
incredibly interesting to me, so I want to talk about that. But <laughs> you come back to your alma mater, you get on the staff, and you've been an assistant coach here for these last, uh, this now being your fourth season, three years. There's a head coaching change, and now you move over, not just to become the assistant coach, but also the recruiting coordinator, and you are the recruiting coordinator for the first time in a season where the recruiting was like at an all-time like <laughs> high of where are we going to go? We're going to Australia, we're going to Missouri, we're going everywhere trying to find these kids. What's it been like for you these last months trying to put together a team and kind of being the point person on that? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's been interesting. I think just with um, being a, having a different role, but also just not only kind of trying to uh, expand the brand, like we say, but um, you know, with COVID, it's been a very different look at at recruiting, and it's a lot of recruiting without meeting each other face to face, and a lot of recruiting without like visiting and seeing seeing Missoula and seeing campus. So. Um, it's been a ton of fun, honestly. Uh, I love that part of the job. I love getting to know uh, young women and getting to build relationships with them. But it's definitely, you know, it's made us grow on how we how we do things. And it's, it's made us better in some ways of just not having any option but to figure out, you know, just creative ways to get the job done. For years and years and years, you look at the Lady Grizz roster and it was almost always girls from Montana and girls from the Northwest United States. That's pretty much it. It, it. Very regional recruiting. And Montana has produced so many great basketball players that why would you go outside of the state? I mean, there's been so many gals mm-hmm. that were Division One caliber players in, in the state of Montana. I know you guys still put a high priority on that. You have a bunch of freshmen mm-hmm. that are from in-state. But you guys are they going went now. to the Eastern Time Zone to get Jordan out of Sydney, right? I mean, that's a long ways away. Yeah, I out there. Yeah, right. But, I mean, what was that process like, kind of determining that you guys were going to go a little bit different route? I mean, first time in a long time, maybe ever, that there was a junior college transfer to the University of Montana. You guys brought in a, an Iowa State transfer. You have a couple Australian girls. So what, what was the decision-making process like to say, hey, we need to broaden this and we need to go out and get some young ladies from other places than where we've traditionally mm-hmm. recruited. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we needed to get experience. That was a big thing for us. Like when we our, our roster changed a lot, we didn't know what exactly that was looking like. We knew we had a lot of young players coming in, but we needed to find some players with some experience. And so that just meant we were on the phones. Like we were on the phones talking to different coaches who knew coaches who knew coaches <laughs> You know, so it was just a ton of um, just researching and trying to, you know, really use our connections and find players that had experience um, and, and were good, good, good people. So we were, that was a lot of it. It was just talking to all, all these different people and kind of that led us to some players in different areas and that, that's where they happen to be from. Um, and, and then the transfer portal as well has made a difference, you know, in the game. And so, you know, getting some of these grad transfers or getting getting transfers that are, from different places that maybe we haven't had in the past. I think the transfer portal kind of opens that door more than it has in the past. Um, so that's just kind of how it played out as far as where, where some of these players came from. But we, you know, we know, we know some different people uh, in different areas of the country. And so that was, it was just a matter of, you know, talking and talking and talking some more. <laughs> When Robin Sully's head coach at the University of Montana and even Shannon Schwain most recently as well, so often so many of the girls are going to be recruiting already know about the University of Montana. They know about the the mm-hmm. pride and tradition and all the championships and all the NCAA tournament appearances. But it seems to me that maybe when you're going to Iowa or you're going to Australia, people aren't going to necessarily know about yeah. the Grizz. For you, though, I know it's something you take great pride in since you were on three teams that went to the NCAA tournament as well during your time as a player. How fun is that to sell that to girls and say, hey, you know, we have more banners than anybody in the country when you look at what Dahlberg Arena has hanging. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, that that part is, um, you know, it, it's really cool to talk to players from the state that do know. Um, so, like you mentioned on that, like that's a that is still a huge priority um, to us. But getting to share, kind of the getting to sh- speak from experience and getting to share um, the decorated program and the history in the program, we love to talk about the history with all these players and um, you know what's made this place such an amazing place to come and not just play, but to live in Missoula and be a part of um, this community. It's a lot of fun to see the reaction from players from, you know, far away that they didn't have any idea. And they're like, what? You get fans? You get how many fans? Like, you guys have <laughs> there's people there? Like, they don't they don't expect that at all. So, it's you know, it is fun to, to that part of always, it's always great to have people that know about it. Um, but it, it has been, like, really rewarding to share that with others and, and let them know what's going on here. Jordan Sullivan joining us. She's an assistant coach for the Montana Lady Grizz in her fourth season on the bench as a coach uh, for the Lady Grizz. I'm interested in uh, in Coach Petrino and your perspective on him because you've been there with him now for these four years that you've been back and, and presumably know him pretty well. And now that he's the head coach, I think he's still a person that a lot of people are trying to get to know in terms of the fans and the you know listeners to our show and things mm-hmm. like that. So tell people just about Coach Petrino in general and kind of what, what your impression has been of him as you've worked with him side by side and now with him taking over as the head coach. Yeah, uh, Mike and I, so that was, my first year was Adobo, so this will be our fifth year uh, working together, and so mm. we've, um, you know, yeah, even more lucky for him, he's gotten to be around me for an extra year. I mean, isn't that <laughs> the truth? Kidding. Isn't that the truth? He's <laughs> the it's one. It's definitely the other way around. Wearing the glass <laughs> he's slippers enjoy that sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> no we, we have a very, um, that's our relationship right there in a nutshell, but um, he is somebody I respect so much uh, from, you know, being being an assistant and learning from another assistant in the process and, and just seeing his work ethic and what he puts into the job. He's just, he's always been such a hard worker. And so I, he's been a really good mentor. Like when I was an assistant coach and just came on as an assistant coach, he was, he was awesome just to learn from. And I just tried to copy how he did things because he worked so hard and he did things so well. Um, he, he gets really in depth with his, you know, his scouts and he, he just takes time and pride in his work. Um, we care so much about the players as as players. So um, it's been, you know, it, it has been adjust, an adjustment um, to work now. Now he's the head coach, and so um, that relationship is a little bit different than it was than what it looked like when he was an assistant. So um, I think it's important for me to remember that, like, you know, he's not a side by side assistant. Like that's the head coach, and you need to keep that in mind when you talk to him and <laughs> tease him or whatever. You know, we have that relationship before, but. It's still, um, it's still, you know, I just respect him so much and to come in, you know, he, he got thrown into this like position that nobody could have predicted. And then you have COVID on top of it and you have all these different things that are new for, for all of us. And he's just handled it like a champ and he's, uh, you know, just doing, doing the same old thing. He just goes to work and works his butt off and wants what's best for everyone. So it's been, um, it's been great working alongside Mike as an assistant and now getting to learn from him as a head coach as well. It's a very rare situation when you have a program that's led by the same person for almost 40 years. Robin Selvig at the helm for 38 years at the University of Montana. And then when Coach Selvig retires, Shannon Swain takes over, but she's already been a part of the program for nearly 30 years as well. So kind of hard to redefine what the program's about because it's just sort of this assumption that we're going to maintain the identity of the program. Well, now 
sort of a fresh look. I know Coach Petrino has heavy Montana ties, but as a staff, what do you guys hope is the new identity of the Lady Grizz, or or is it even something that needs redefining? Um, I don't know about, you know, there's so many good things that Coach Selvig and Coach Swain did for the program. Um, so there's a lot of things that, you know, you try to keep keep doing. And then there's, you know, now Coach Petrino has, has his own touch on things. And so um, I think the main thing about identifying who we are is just, trying to you know we have eight new players on this roster and so um i i don't know what that looks like yet and that's what we as a staff are working to to do every day is identify you know where we're where we're going to be good and where we're gonna you know struggle and try to minimize those struggles and really pump those strengths so um it's a process and i I think it's been a lot of fun with you know with nate and with jace on the staff too it's we, we work well together and we're, we're trying to figure that out together and we kind of go through the struggles together. So um, our identity is, is in the works and we're just going to know more and more about that with time, I think. Jordan Sullivan joining us, an assistant coach for the Montana Lady Grizz. Played for four seasons for the Lady Grizz, 2011 to 2014, before going overseas to play professionally. And I, I want to ask you about that, Jordan, because you play 129 games. Nobody played more games in the history of the program than you at the time that you graduated. An all-conference player, great player for the mm-hmm. Lady Grizz. But then you go and play uh, you know, professionally in Denmark and Luxembourg. I mean, how could you do better than those two places? Well, I'm thinking, but what was it like for you? You're from Sydney, Montana. You play for the Lady Grizz. You do yeah. the whole thing, and then all of a sudden, here you are in Europe in two spectacular spots. Well, what was that experience to go play professionally, first of all, being a professional basketball player, and then secondly, to be you know in a whole new place in the world? Yeah, well, it's definitely you, – you're like, wow, there's – the world is big. You get over there and a it girl is from big. Montana that, that that stayed in Montana for college. You're just like, and I thought that was so good, good for me to grow up. I think just to realize that there's a lot more than Montana out there. Um, but just getting that opportunity, um, you know, Gene McNulty was awesome in, in helping me find those opportunities. Um, and she's been great to help our program as an agent, but I, I wish I would have done it longer. I think that's one thing that I look back I got, you know, I was homesick or I thought I needed to get back and start law school or try to get into law school. And I'm not even doing that anymore. So I think that's, that's something I share with players when they're, you know, stressed out about thinking I need to figure it all out. And I'm like, no, you don't like, it'll, it'll work out. You just have to, you just have to work towards something and whatever that is, you know, it's going to end up working out. So, um, I love Denmark. Like I could live in Copenhagen, I think. Absolutely. Um, still today. Was that was, your favorite place? Was was, was in Copenhagen? Did you what? What did you love about it? I just well, this is silly, but I love the fashion. That is <laughs> not like, silly. I, I yeah, I'm wearing I plaid pants. I love fashion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that you fit in in Copenhagen. No, I'm just. Kidding. You <laughs> I, might have to go to Scotland <laughs> and work the plaid in Scotland. It's what I got to get a kilt now. Is that the thing? Feel the cold yeah, that's, breezes. That's what I was that. <laughs> no, everything's like everything's taller. So everything was made for like everybody's taller there. So that's why I think I was really drawn to the clothing in Denmark. But um, it's just a, you know it's just different too. It's it's not it's not like here. Um, it's laid back like Montana, and people are pretty friendly. Um, the they bike everywhere, and that was something I had to adjust to really quickly because it's it's like driving but biking. So people are super aggressive on their bikes, and I. I rode a bike for the first time and I got in a wreck 
going to practice. And I remember my coach, like, asking me if I've ever ridden a bike before. And, like, we, we have space to ride our bikes in Montana. Yes, I've ridden a bike. So, like, it's not, like, side by side, elbows out, like, our heads are down, and we're just aggressively biking around. So she did not understand, like, how I couldn't ride my bike. And I literally opted to walk to practice, like, multiple miles there and back after that because I was so, like, I am not doing that again. <laughs> so kind of funny look back at. <laughs> We've talked to so many different athletes from the state of Montana, some from Montana State, but mostly from the University of Montana basketball players that have gone and played abroad, both men and women. And the variety of stories in terms of the basketball experience, <laughs> sometimes it can go so well, sometimes it can go not well at all. Like Coach Tinkle told us a story about – how the coach would not speak to him in English and they would just rip him to shreds because oh, yeah. he didn't understand what he was wanting him to do. <laughs> so Wayne just walks out of practice. He's like, I'm retired. I quit. But finally Lisa talks him back into playing. But either way, I mean, did you have any experiences like that? What did you think of just the basketball yes. side of yes. things? Yeah, not just the fashion. Um, no, the basketball side was, it was like that. Like, I, I didn't understand either because in Denmark they could all speak English and they just chose to speak Danish. And I'm like, I don't know if they were insecure about how well they were speaking English or like when I was there, I was the only American on the team. And then in Luxembourg, I, I had an American teammate that is still like one of my best friends. So that, that's a really cool part too. But um, the basketball is, it's fast paced. Um, it's, I mean, there's some things that I was taught to never do here. And then I'm told the opposite there. And I'm like, well, you want me to do what? So it's kind of, it's just different, but um, you know, we, it's tons of transition up and down. Like they want you to go fast. Um, I remember like one thing that I just always remember is that my coach wanted me to hard hedge every single screen. Like I, that was something that, you know, that I didn't do much of in college, but it was like a non-negotiable there. Um, but there's some really good players, uh, that, that we played against that were mostly other, you know, a lot of people that were over there from other countries to professional players. But it's not like every single, player on the in those countries that I was at they weren't all um considered professional players so it was a very it was a wide variety of teammates like one of my teammates would come to practice from her postal service job and then another teammate would come from high school and then there'd be me and so you know then there's another American teammate so it's kind of a variety of you know skill on a team but it was a lot of fun like I said I wish I wish I wouldn't have like thought I had to rush back to to Montana or to the United States, whatever. But then again, like something else came from that that I'm really, really grateful for. So I don't think you ever really know. Like I, people probably always look back and think they could have done something differently. But I definitely tell anyone that's thinking about it to to go try it because it's such a small window of life to get that opportunity if they have it, and it goes by so quickly. Uh, adjusting to the coaching, I mean, Coach Selvig is, is one of the most unique coaches in terms of his in-game coaching, but also obviously one of the most accomplished coaches in the history of college mm-hmm. basketball. So when you go from playing, and, and, and oh, by the way, he's your uncle too, so yeah, I'm sure you've been hearing his basketball <laughs> theories forever. So, But when you had to go play for someone else, was that strange? Or I mean, when, when you're playing professional basketball, there's an assumption that the coaching is going to be great, but that's not always true. So what was the adjustment like when you're just learning how to get coached from something so different than what you were used to? Those coaches were a lot nicer and the things they yelled at me overseas. No, No, he's going to appreciate that one. But uh, yeah, like I said, that's where some of those things that I feel like I 
I developed some really good habits in college. Um, I, I at least hope I did, but there are some things I was at least told to work on a lot in college that were, were, were good things. And then, um, then you go over there and some, some people tell you the opposite. Um, and then, you know, over there too, like I, I believe both coaches I had worked at other jobs. So that wasn't their, their life where they were, you know, Rob just studied the game and that was his life. Um, he was really good at it. And then, um, you know, they had other things going, so it wasn't the top priority, but I, I, I did learn some things from my coaches overseas too. And, um, I, I like to think that they come into play now that I'm trying to progress as a coach. Um, even if it's what not to do, <laughs> you know, like right. there's a lot of things what to do, but there's a few things too that I, I would just learn something from them. Um, and they're, they're both super, my coach in both countries, uh, Luxembourg and Denmark were both really good people. Um, that care a lot. You know, that's another thing. Sometimes the coaches are, you know, they, they mean all business because that's why we're there is to play basketball, make the team better. But those two are both, uh, I was lucky to get coaches that both care a lot about me as a human and I've stayed in touch with them as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for, for those coaches I had over there as well. Jordan Sullivan joining us, uh, assistant coach for the Montana Lady Grizz. And, and Jordan, when we look at this season now for that, you're, that you're about to embark on, Man, well, what? Well, this is this is something here. Now we got the conference schedule that came out. Never seen anything like this with you know to mitigate travel, try and mitigate costs, and obviously mitigate contacts as well. Playing basically back to back games against the same team all the way through conference play. When you saw that thing and looked at the schedule, what did you think about it? Um, well, I was thankful that we had one. <laughs> I yeah, know that. right, right. It was, out. It, was, it was finalized, so that was a step in the right direction. Um, from a scouting perspective, I, you know, I don't mind it in that way because you're playing the same team back to back, and I think that there's a, you know, that that's a perk in that way. But um, you know, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss getting to play some people, obviously at home, and and even some of those trips are really fun for the players to make, um, and, and those experiences, those memories of some of those trips are really fun. But um, I, I don't know, I'm I'm really curious to see how this goes in this format. But I mean, we get to play games, we get to play 20 games in conference, you know, knock on wood. So. I'm I'm not complaining. I'm ready for it. <laughs> the games that will be at home, I know there's no way to predict what any of this is going to be like, but almost certainly going to have reduced attendance. Is that something you guys have considered? Yeah. Because the Lady Grizz still have absolutely the best home court advantage in the Big Sky Conference. So how much does that impact the way you go about preparing for these things? And is it something you guys have talked about as a staff? Yeah, we've, we've, we're trying to take one step at a time. So, you know, we don't even know what the fan base looks like yet. Obviously, we know how how well we have it here um, and that we have the, like you said, we have the great greatest fans in the conference. So that's going to be, um, that's going to be a test. And unfortunately we have eight players on our roster that don't know what that even is like yet as a player. So that's a bummer for them to, you know, have to, that's going to be their first impression too of what Dahlberg will be like. But um, you know, that's what we're going against. That's what everyone's going to be on the same page that way. And, um, you know, we do have experience playing at other places where that's what it's like. And so, like, when we go on the road, we're going to have to make our own energy. And, and I think, like, the team is so ready and thankful to have games that I think, at least I hope, that, you know, creating energy will be um, even easier to do on our own because we haven't gotten to play for a long time. And, um, you know, they, they're just going to be happy to get some games. So, that part has been really good in practice. I think that they've, the players have done a really nice job of, uh, of bringing energy to practice and, 
I think COVID probably has um, helped that aspect for us and people they had to sit out for so long that it's back and it's like, oh, yeah, I know what it feels like to have it taken away. So, um, yeah, we'll, we haven't talked about it a whole bunch. We'll get there, but we just got to we just got to focus on being ready to, to play with or without fans. We got to be able to do some things well. Well, Jordan, we appreciate you very much taking the time to be with us to give us, you know, some insight into where we're at now with the Lady Grizz and then going into happily going into a 2020-21 season and also a little bit of your history as well. It's really fun to uh, to hear about that from you. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. And I told you, better, better wait to be thankful because you just never know. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right about that. Silver lining always. Look forward to the season starting soon, all right? Yeah, thanks. You guys take care and hope to see you soon. Okay. Thanks, Jordan. Jordan Sullivan, assistant coach for the Montana Lady Grizz, the guest on our ESPN roundtable. The roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls. And Coulter, just when you think you can't pack enough into a place, anymore paradise falls says well don't worry we got you covered on the sports gambling aspect as well you want to go over there place a wager or two you got to be inside places that are certified in order to, to to participate in the gaming side of sports that's now legal in the state of montana paradise falls in addition to breakfast lunch dinner inside outside seating gazebo 18 beer tap handles all of the they got this as well i was hitting uh hit up a little late lunch there last week and uh made sure to put $20 bill in the mm. Montana sports bet mm. machine. Got to do it. It's even more fun than doing it online because then if you sit there and you watch the game after you put the money in the machine and you win, then you can get the money right there. You don't have to cash it out. You don't have to send it to the state. You don't have to do any of this stuff. You just get the cash just like just like hitting the machine. It's great. World Series is going on right now. Can't think of a better place to watch it than Paradise Falls. Absolutely. We got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. It's a Wednesday night, so you can hit that late happy hour, 9 to 11. That means half-price cocktails, half-price appetizers, and $3 beers. So head on down to Paradise Falls tonight. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Missoula's coolest hotspot. World Series, game one of the books. LA up one nothing. game two. Coming up in just about a half an hour from now on ESPN Radio. We'll get you set next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Quick update, girls double A soccer, Helena and Hellgate. 
Helena to the number one seed in the West. Hellgate the number four seed. Lardy has an upset win in this tournament. They are in extra time. 1-1 the score. The winner to play Kalispell Glacier for the state championship. Two Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Happy snow day, people. The first snow of the year in uh, western Montana. Feeling very good. Very good about this. You want to know one of the biggest differences between living in Missoula, where I grew up, and then living in Bozeman, where I spent seven years? That it was snowing six weeks ago in Bozeman? It's the, the thing that I think is frustrating about the Missoula winter, besides just the gray, the omnipresent gray, yes. is the inconsistency of the snow. Mm. Some people would say I'm masochistic for saying this, but the thing that is the best part about Bozeman is when it starts snowing, it keeps snowing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have 14 feet of snow outside yeah. your house, and the mountains always have snow on them. It, and Missoula, it's it's... It just depends on what your outdoor activities are all about, right? Yeah, but yeah. if if you're a huge skier like I am, just if it's snowing right now, I want it to snow every single day until April fifteenth. I I am with you on that, and it is it's a it is more of a wet sloppy snow mm-hmm. in Missoula than it is in Bozeman, which is crazy to say because Montana snow is dusty compared to most places snow. Yes, even in Missoula, but you know the cold smoke though is is tough to beat. It's tough to beat. Tough to it, 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 it's tough to beat, man. The well, uh, the microclimate that exists on the top of the Bridger Mountains is is it's like nothing that really exists anywhere. It's pretty m- crazy. My daughter, unquestionably, uh, right now is just screeching at the top of her lungs with joy. Oh, she's just so happy we got snow. So, uh, and you know what? While Dad's a little more tempered in his enthusiasm externally, I am screeching with joy on the inside. Uh, Coulter, speaking of October. Quick update for you. Yeah. Heading to penalty kicks. Oh, boy. So we got penalty kicks to go to the state title. <laughs> Hellgate already won on penalty kicks <laughs> to upset the defending state champs in Billings West. This last, it came down to the last penalty kick. It was three to three. Yeah. And Hellgate had the walk off PK to win it in the semi, or in the quarters, excuse me. Now they're in the semis against Helena High. So the Hellgate girls getting for their first appearance in the class of the state title game, one to one going to. The shootout. Well, we should know a uh, final there then before the end of this show, so we'll keep you apprised of that. Uh, last night, game one of the World Series, Clayton Kershaw, six innings, one run allowed. Uh, had it was a, a bomb too, right? It was a home run, but that's the only the only thing he did allow. He got in trouble early. He had two. He was he, he was in a two two count. To his fourth batter, one out, two on in the first inning, and you go, oh, my goodness. But I thought John Smoltz was spot on last night when he said, look, if Kershaw gets out of this, I think he shifts into cruise mode in this game. Like, I think that he, you know, is is in a good spot. And a lot of times that's true. Starting pitchers, sometimes they get roughed up in that first inning, maybe first, you know, inning in, the, in a third. And then if they can get through it, they all of a sudden settle in and really start going to work. Kershaw did. The uh, it did help, by the way, that in between the fifth and sixth innings, where multiple runs were scored by the Dodgers, they ended up with seven. Or I know they had eight runs ultimately. I think they were up seven one. But in any case, uh, they they were up big, and that's when Dave Roberts came over and said, "Hey, big fella, you're done for the night. Congratulations." Which I thought I thought was brilliant on the part of Dave Roberts for multiple reasons. The first reason is obviously I think what seventy two or seventy four pitches for Kershaw. I mean he. He's going to be needed, you would think, later on in this series, certainly for a second game, perhaps even for a third. And so 
you know, keep his numbers down because he's, you know, you're going to need him up there uh, leading this rotation. But the other reason is this. We know what the narrative has been surrounding Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. It hasn't been great. Some of it is warranted. Maybe some of it's a little bit overblown, but nonetheless, he has not been the same guy. That's unquestionable in the postseason that he's been in the regular season. Last night, he was that guy. Last night, he was great. I won't say dominant. He probably didn't go long enough to dominate, although he could have. But what did what did Dave Roberts do? He says he sits him down with a very comfortable lead after an outstanding performance, uh, you know, six, six innings, 70-something pitches, and he gets to put much of that not all of it but much of that to bed in the world series in the game one he went out and was great and his team won and they won largely because of him obviously the offense was very good as well you know seven you know seven eight runs that they end up with but what i want to know from you coulter is how much does this or does it not change to you your perception of postseason clayton kershaw well, quite a bit because now it it gives him an opportunity to redefine his legacy. I don't think what happened last night redefines Clayton Kershaw's postseason legacy yet. It's the next brick towards doing that, though. Now he's 3-1 and one in this postseason, which is objectively significantly better than he's ever done before. Yeah. He gets a win where he he got a, he was pitching with confidence because his offense supported him. I mean, they hit, they hit the hell out of the ball last night. Yeah, they did. And uh, now he gets an opportunity – because he's going to get at least one more, maybe another one. And what do you need to be that memorable all-time playoff pitcher? You need that signature performance. If he goes out and gets shelled last night, I think he's shaky at best and on an incredibly short leash or maybe even, you want to say losing a spot in the rotation because no. that's not going to happen. No. But he was he would be getting put into different positions than he is now. Now it's just like, okay, rest up, probably game four, let's roll. Tell me this, though. I've thought that the baseball playoffs, particularly championship series, have been filled with tension, back and forth, so many different things. Last night was like the least tense World Series game I can remember. The The Dodgers just pounded them. Yeah, it, it, it was not tense. The only moment was when the Rays got two runs across, had two runners on base, and had one out, and then... This unbelievable double. Well, first of all, let me go back. They first of all the the, the line drive double play where the pitcher, what, where the pitcher then, catches it and throws it to second. That's mm-hmm. that's the sign sealed and delivered. But also the egregious base running where they get thrown out at, at home and third in the same play. And it's just like man, you just like can't have it. Like it can't happen like that. And so those those two moments defensively for the Dodgers offensively for the Rays really kind of put this thing to bed. Uh, and, you know, you get up, you're, you know, an 8-1 ball game in the seventh inning. You know, it's not like it was, it was you know, the, the, the runs were scored particularly late in the game. You know, it's a long way to come back from. And then, you know, you tack on a couple for the Rays, but they never really make a threat. And, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't super tense Although I would say it was exciting. I thought it was exciting. I think the World Series is always from the very get. You know, it's the most exciting first couple of innings that you get all season long because who who is going to break through and score the runs first? How is it going to go right off the right off the jump? Tonight, a little bit of a different lineup for uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. They threw a couple new uh, uh, or additional left-handed bats in there. Austin Meadows and our guy G-Man Choi. 
going to step in and, uh, and, and bat from the left side of the plate uh, going up against Tony Gonsolin for the L.A. Dodgers. This is one that, to me, the Rays have to have because not just because they're down one nothing, You could go down 2-0. You don't want to, but you could, and, you know, it's not the end of the world. But you got Blake Snell on the hill right now for the Rays. He's the 2018 Cy Young Award winner, and he's going up against, I don't know if he's a rookie or a second-year pitcher, but a young guy not going up against Walker Bueller. Okay, this is one that the Rays, they just have to find a way to win this baseball game and even this series because Walker Bueller is going to go in game three, presumably against, by the way, Charlie Morton, who I think Charlie Morton is outstanding. He's been great clutch in like elimination or winner take all games, but he's been good anyways. Nonetheless, I think most people probably give the, uh, the, 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 the slight edge in that matchup to uh, Walker Bueller in the in terms of the starting pitching. So I think you got to get this one here where to me the Tampa Bay Rays have the edge in the in the starting pitcher tonight. Nonetheless, the Dodgers will have the not slight edge, significant edge in this entire series at the plate. I mean their their lineup is just completely loaded just about top to bottom. And so that is one area where you know Let's put it like this. Blake Snell could go out and pitch a fabulous game and pitch objectively better than Tony Goslin and still be down, still be losing, still be behind in the baseball game when he goes to take a seat. You know, that's that's the type of offensive firepower and skill that this team has hitting the ball, the DLA Dodgers. So I think this is actually a very, very big game for the Rays in this series. If they go down two games to none with what's coming down the pike, I think it becomes very hard. I have a, di- a different question for you before we continue to break down this World Series. Yes. I don't – I'm so confused. Usually in baseball, if you have blockbuster trades, it's because you can pin it on one of a couple things. One of the two teams involved in the trade is a small market team who can't afford to keep a superstar who's going to be making an absorbent amount of money upcoming. You asked me why I moved to Betts in L.A. Or the, the – the, <laughs> Uh, there's a malcontent or some sort of issue or the, the the superstar has regressed slightly. And so then even if the guy fixes his attitude or f- gets back on track as a player or, you know, it was just the the rich stealing from the poor, which happens more often in baseball than any other pro sport, it's at least somewhat definable why some teams have unloaded superstar guys. The Red Sox have all the money. Why did the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts? So... I'm going to answer this question with the actual right answer, which is the is, is very simple. I don't know. Okay? I will follow up the I don't know with absolute certainty. Uh, no, the, uh, the Red Sox have had this very odd recent history where they went to, from being the best team in the division, literally, to the worst team in the division, to the best team in the division, to the worst team in the division, and like back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back seasons. Just this roller coaster of really good teams and then really bad teams and and sort of defying explanation. (coughs) Excuse me. Why they would trade Mookie Betts, I have no idea. They did offer Mookie Betts, and and the trade was more of a result of stalled, you know, salary negotiations than it was... You know that they didn't want him or something like that. They did want him, and they just could never come to a final agreement on how much or how long he should get paid. Now he's getting thirteen years and twelve years, three hundred sixty-five million dollars. Three three sixty-five, twelve twelve but, years. But for the million. for the Yankees and Dodgers and and 
Red Sox, it doesn't matter. Well, but I guess the point is the reason I led with this up and down business, and we know about it was it Cora, right, who goes over there and then now he can't be retained yeah. as the manager because the Houston stuff. What I'm saying is they got a couple great prospects, right, from from the L.A. Dodgers organization for Mookie Betts. Does that mean anything? Well, it, it could. It it often does down the line. But well, if if a player develops into what Mookie Betts is, it's a complete. I mean, anomaly. It's a million to one because he's so great already at this age. So you're you're assuming that the, no question the best player here I is mean, Mookie. He's a freaking MVP. He's probably win the World Series MVP. He's the leader of the clubhouse after last night. He no doubt. So I, all of that to say, I mean, again. The answer is I don't know the answer, but hmm. but what I think about is is this is a team, an organization that's actually in a surprising amount of flux compared to what they normally are in the Boston Red Sox, and I think this was a future-looking, you know, decision to try and booster the farm system, keep the you know the 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 talent flowing in at that level and work its way up and figure it out after that i also gotta believe that boston is watching this season and this world series with a tremendous amount of regret okay certainly boston fans i mean weis just got to be blowing up for the next you know week and a half during this world series if mookie Betts in fact does win the world series and likely would be as you said the mvp of that world series i mean boston would be sitting there you know doing a lot of self-loathing, it seems to me, by trading him away. Yeah, it's just very perplexing. You know, there's certain sports cities, sports franchises where having guys that fit with your fan base or that become beloved, I mean, we've, we've done segments on this before. There's certain teams that just sign everybody and they don't need it to be a, a Dodgers guy per se. They just want talented guys. The Yankees have gravitated away from what was a pretty defined identity for decades uh, all through the, the 20th century to just be in a, another super team too. But there's a certain teams where if you're a certain type of player, you will really appeal to a fan base. And when it's a Boston fan base, that's even more important. And when I watch Mookie Betts, I think to myself, this guy is a Red Sox. Why did they trade him? It's yeah. just so ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I hadn't gotten a full dose of Mookie Betts until recently. And yeah, I listen to Bill Simmons a lot. Bill Simmons is a Boston guy, so he's always pumping his Boston sports. But he said on a podcast a couple months ago, he said, I've been watching the Red Sox play night in and night out when the season's going since I was a little kid. I'm in my 50s now. I've watched them for four decades plus. And you can argue on whoever you want. Jim Rice, Carl Yastrzemski, Wade Boggs, Mo Vaughn, Nomar Garcia-Para, Roger Clemens. Mookie Betts is the greatest player I have ever seen play for the Boston Red Sox, and I cannot believe that we traded him. And after watching him now these last couple weeks, I can't either. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Game two coming up. First pitch is about 20 minutes from now at the top of the hour. We'll send you to Arlington to Globe Life Stadium for game two of that series. World Series right here on ESPN Radio. Take a quick break. Come back after this. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. 
Blackfoot, connect to more. Snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight. Heat up the kettle. Little hot chocolate, maybe some tea. Light the fire, open a book. Every good thing is happening. I just want to go skiing. Go. You can. Yeah, I know. But here's the thing. I don't need any of those other comforts because if I'm inside, I'm hot. Well, okay. Doesn't matter the time of year. I've been sweating this entire show. It's snowing outside. Open a window. I do. I sleep with the window wide open. It's Tutel Nuwana's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The Tutel Nuwana's podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and uh, check it out thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Boys and girls, we live in this great state so that we can enjoy it. Am I right? Like skiing? Like skiing in the winter and even perhaps in the autumn? Well, if you're a business owner, sometimes you don't get to do that because you spend a ton of time on your business. You know how hard you work, and sometimes it's at the expense of your own free time. Well, that is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps you keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up previous month's books. How about that? Online, visit them at blackbookkeepingllc.com, blackbookkeepingllc.com, and schedule a free consultation today. Uh, Coulter, it is uh, the first day of snow. I'm very happy about this. It's game two of the World Series. I'm very happy about that. It's going to be an excellent evening for me at the Hacienda. Oh, we're going to have my, my oldest and I are going to celebrate. We're going to do ring around the rosy. We're going to run outside, catch snow in our mouths. It's going to be so great. I love it. Uh, do you want to send a shout out today? Chris Tutel Coulter, mm. 70. Mm. Stud. Made it. Now, there's a guy who likes to ski right yeah. there, you know? He's probably a great skier. Great skier. Great skier. Self-taught. You ready for this? Hmm. His parents didn't want him to ski. His parents weren't skiers and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he got into it. I think he saw skiing on the Olympics. Decided to take sk- some skis when he's a kid. Now, these are like the, you know. Yeah, twigs. It's back in the 1900s. No, no eject button on the skis. Took him up a hill. First ski run he ever did on it was on just a dirt road covered in snow, just outside of Helena. Okay, he ran himself right into a barbed wire fence. Mm, stuck. You know what? You know what that did? Wet the palate. <laughs> I wanted to do a ski more. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I, I fell to a tree well upside Shout down. Shout out CT. Fell to a tree well upside down. You I did was about twelve. Ooh. Stuck for about four hours. Went skiing the next day. Really? You were actually stuck in there? I was stuck for a long time. I have no real gauge of time at on that the moment. Ski, on mind. the ski hill? In the outhouse. Wow. Yeah. Who found you? Well, we weren't really skiing together. Clearly. Our parents would be disappointed to know. If our parents knew what we did between the ages of 11 and 17 at mm. Snowball when they sent us up there, I mean, my mother would be dead long <laughs> ago. Update from... The yes. Class AA State Soccer Tournament. The Hellgate Girls fall. Oh. 3 nothing in the shootout. Mm. Great performance by the Hellgate goalie to keep them in that game. 
I mean, an even better performance by the Helena High goalie. Yeah, I mean, no goals allowed. All of the PKs. So 3 0 in the shootout. So 2 1 overall for Helena High. They move into the state championship game um, and they will take on Kalispell Glacier. Very good. Well, congratulations to Helena High. Great season for Hellgate. Huge upset last week against the defending state champions, Billings West. And, uh, you know, they can, uh, they can soothe the sadness with a nice hot tea this evening. You know, you get back. It's great. I'm so happy, Coulter. I'm just letting the joy roll over me. <laughs> Does it, I mean, everybody likes the first snow, right? It's like the 13th one that people are starting to get tired of. The first one, people I like mean, it. I, I, It's my favorite line. Like Mike Kramer used to always say, there's no such thing as bad weather, just stupid people. <laughs> Boys and girls, enjoy Game 2 of the World Series and the weather. We'll see you tomorrow at ESPN Radio. Year after year, opportunity. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.